0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm ringing for the work They waiting on me like the 15th and the 1st I'm killing competition, putting bitches in the hearse Being diagnosed with a sick flow with a nurse yeah, Do it for the city, but the hood getting turned With the money going around like an offer in the church shit, this shit was a race, promise I'ma finish first Taking shots from my spot, got me leaning like I'm Dirk in the playoff Bitch, I want that Mark Cuban pay y'all. Fly as a G6, waiting for the takeoff Hustle like there's only six seconds on the playoff Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back another edition of the bubble us sports podcast episode 89 of the podcast now you're wondering where was the review for the bills game i'll be honest didn't watch it didn't care moving on uh, i'm i'll just be honest with you people i feel like i can be honest with you we all know that i've had my struggles with the dallas cowboys this year hey six and six six and six that's all i gotta say about that I didn't, I, I worked Thanksgiving day. I recorded the game, saw the score once I was at work and said, nah, I'm good. I don't want to put myself through that. I already have an ulcer in my body. Don't want to, don't want to make it worse. Don't want to add on another one. Look people 25 to 16, whatever the fucking score was. I told you, I told you running game got going. They made Josh Allen look like a MVP type of quarterback, could not turn the ball over on defense, and pretty much Dak had to do everything because there's just nothing there. They made the Buffalo Bills look like a Super Bowl contender at home on Thanksgiving Day when it's their game. Unacceptable. They looked bad. They looked weak. They looked defeated. And here we are. So there's no review. This is the episode you're going to get. Why? Because headphone users, beware, because we did it for the the last top five. We're going to do it for this time. So this episode is the top five best candidates for the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job. Starting at number one or number five. Sorry. Sorry. Number five. You know what? No, let's just mention the names that are just out there, like just randomly out there. Some of them are good. Some of them are not going to happen. So the first one on that list that will most likely not happen, but should still be in the conversation, is Kellen Moore. Offensive coordinator, obviously, what he's done with this offense this year, he has made Dak Prescott alongside John Kitna, not gonna discredit what John Kitna has done for this team. They have made Dak Prescott into one of the best quarterbacks in the league, an MVP type of player who has carried this team throughout this season, is the only reason why they are even close to 500 is because of De- uh, because of Dak Prescott. More creative, more, I guess, unique in a sense to to what the rest of the league is doing. Uh, the Bubba Bunch formation, you know, I love it. You know, I've named it after that three bunch formation of the wide receivers that was not shown last year or in Scott Hand's offense whatsoever, and now it's it's a big part, and a big key of the Dallas Cowboys offense, and that is done through Kellen Moore. There has been some ups and downs, not to just obviously forget about those bad play calls, those bad moments, or those three and outs to start off the game, which we've talked about it before, as it's not just Kellen Moore making those decisions, it's the whole entire offensive-minded team alongside Jason Garrett, uh, Colombo, and, Kellen Moore and and many more of those offensive coaches for the coaching staff itself. So, yes, the execution is done by Kellen Moore, yet there is still some influence of uh, pre-Kellen Moore, some Scott Linehan-era-esque type of guys. So, Kellen Moore is a guy that fits the mold of very young, very fresh and is a new era in the league of young head coaches. I am doubtful as to Jerry Jones pulling the trigger on that because he is so young. He's only had one year of real head coaching or, or coaching legit offense for this year. And so for Jerry Jones to say, that is our next guy, that is the new era of head coaching in Dallas... I think it's too early, too soon for Kellen Moore to be in that conversation. Let's go real out there, you know, out of this world thinking and speculate that Tony Romo could be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I've gone on this podcast to say that I would love to have guys, players from years past like Romo, like Wynn or like a DeMarcus Ware slash Sean Lee to take care of that offense or to that defense and eventually have a whole coaching staff that is revolved around past players. In my eyes, when I see Tony Irmo right now is he's loving that commentary job at CBS. He is loving what he's doing over there and he has become my favorite commentator in all of sports. I mean, what he's done at CBS, you know, predicting plays just doing the big games itself only doing a few cowboys games here and there just listening to this man talk about football is genius it's like neil degrasse tyson talking about astronomy and and space and planets and all of that for for tony romo to get into coaching i think it will happen eventually and it will most likely happen with the dallas cowboys i I would love to see jerry take a chance on tony romo as being a Quarterback coach as being an offensive coordinator, but that's all I see it happening to basically ease Tony Romo into coaching as I want to see him as an offensive coordinator. He knows the offense. He knows the type of system that the Cowboys run and the type of organization that they are. So for eventually, let's say five or 10 years down the road where Tony Romo is getting up there in age and he's like, okay, I've mastered this commentary job. What else can I do? I want to still be into football for him to go into the coaching portion of it and say, can I run this offense in Dallas and go back to that 2014 year and say, well, we have a great quarterback in Dak who is aged very well, maybe even past Dak era if they don't pay him or they just want to move on from him. He can see a guy much like him that went undrafted, that went to a small school, but sees a lot of himself in that player. Not only coach him, but build a whole offense around the same type of system. Great offensive line, great running back, great weapons, and we have a creative type of offense run by himself. Now, eventually, do you see him going to that head coaching job either in Dallas or anywhere else. Absolutely. Yet It's going to take some years for that commentary job to really get boring in a sense and then move on to head coaching or to even coach a team itself. So yes, Romo should be in the conversation because it'd be amazing to think of that yet right now it's just not the right position or the right time for Tony Romo to be in that discussion. Uh, Now moving on to other coaches that really make more sense in this type of position uh, Michael LaFleur, um, brother of Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Now, there's been speculation as to Matt LaFleur wanting to get Michael LaFleur onto his coaching staff, and Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, have declined that. Now, with all the success that the 49ers have had this year, along with another name on that 49er staff that we'll talk about in a moment, Michael LaFleur has taken over as that passing game coordinator, so the the 49ers don't really have a true offensive coordinator on their staff. It's more of just running game and passing game. And passing game goes to Michael Floor. And you see what they've done with um, with Jimmy Garoppolo, the weapons that they've had with him, the rookies at, at the wide receiver position, their acquisition of Emmanuel Sanders, and the great offense that they're running with Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, and George Kittle, Pro Bowl guys. They're one of the best offenses in the league, and you can say that Michael LaFleur is a big part of that. So now what's what happens with the 49ers going forward, they're going to make a big playoff push. Let's see how far they can go out into the playoffs, and even if they can make a Super Bowl and win that. Well, that opens up a plethora of options for Michael LaFleur to be a head coach of an NFL team. Alongside that, you have Robert Selleh, who is the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. The 49ers are one of the best defenses in the league. And Why I love Robert Saleh as one of those key guys to be in that conversation is not only what he does with that defense and what he can do with the Cowboys defense that is so talented. Now, a lot of those guys will leave after this year. You're talking about Byron Jones, who will unlikely be back for another year with the Cowboys. You're talking about Robert Quinn. He's going to be a free agent. After this year, Michael Bennett as well. They signed Jalen Smith. They signed Demarcus Lawrence. A lot of those guys in the secondary are not there. Let's see what they do in that safety position. So there's a lot of money up for grabs on that defense. However, when we're talking about my problems with the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff, Rod Marinelli is one of them. So you got to think about a defensive minded team because Jason Garrett is offensive minded, but he doesn't even do a good job of that. So what does that open up for Robert Saleh is he can make that Cowboys team a defensive minded team, but with a talent offense to really balance it out, make those turnovers, create those turnovers on defense to even allow your offense to get into great field position and let Kellen Moore, if he's still at that offensive coordinator position, flourish and be in his own system, allow him to play his own type of Madden game and say, that is your offense, just do whatever the hell you want with it, I'm going to control what happens on defense, alongside Chris Richard. So, in those names of, yes, they could be on the list, but let's not do it right now, Robert Salas should be that number one guy's honorable mention in that conversation. Lastly, just because it happened earlier in the week, is River, uh, Riverboat Ron, Ron Rivera, fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, the winningest coach in Carolina Panthers history. He is a big name to go after, after this season, even now, depending on what happens later on tonight, because we're about an hour away from kickoff of the Chicago Bears versus the Cowboys game, which (laughs) I'm not excited about. What if the Cowboys lose by 20? What if they lose by 30? Does that open up the conversation of hell? Should we just fire him now? Should we just fire Jason Garrett now? Because we have the opportunity to get Ron. The only problem, and this is the biggest problem, with Ron Rivera being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, is I just don't see the fit. I don't see the fit being a guy that doesn't show a lot of emotion. He's going to execute it before the game even starts. Yes, that is a big part of why things are going wrong in Dallas. Yet the emotion part of it is why I think Saleh is a better option than Ron Rivera at this moment. I know that Rivera has the more, the more experience. And the fact that he has more wins, or he is the winningest coach in Carolina Panthers history, he has gone to Super Bowl, multiple playoff appearances, and yet he has gone fired before Jason Garrett has, is ridiculous. It shouldn't happen. Yet here we are. This is how the NFL works. Right now, if you're saying, which one would you rather have, a young coordinator in Robert Saleh or Ron Rivera, I am taking Saleh because he fits the mold of what the Cowboys need. They need a motion guy. They need a, a just a high energy, high impact, off the rip type of, of head coach, which Robert fits the mold better than Ron. Now going to the top five list of the best candidates for the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job. At number five it's Chris Peterson. And you're going to be like, what? Who the fuck is that guy? Exactly. Don't worry. Don't worry. That's why I'm here. That's why you come to me for the sports, for the foosball. Number five, Chris Peterson. You're wondering, as Connor is, you're wondering who is this guy? Well, he is the now former head coach of Washington who used to be the head coach for Boise State when Kellen Moore was at quarterback. Hmm, can I get a hmm from all of you listening to this episode? Now the wheels start to turn. When we look at multiple types of of conspiracy theories as to why Chris Peterson can be a good candidate for the Dallas Cowboys, the first one, obviously, is the fact that he used to coach Kellen Moore when he was the quarterback at Boise State. I mean, that was like two years ago. Kellen Moore is like 12 years old. Those were some of the best years at Boise State. That's when they were still on the map as one of the best uh, best teams in the FCS college football era. And Kellen Moore was breaking records at Boise State. So all the success was done by Kellen Moore and that offense. And with Peterson at the helm, well, you have that connection immediately whether you want to keep Kellen Moore as that offensive coordinator or make him an assistant head coach alongside Peterson, now you have a Boise State type of of team where the second reason why you would want Peterson as that head coach is the fact that a lot of those guys on both sides of the ball are from Boise State. Look at some of the best players on this team. Demarcus Lawrence is from Boise State. Tyrone Crawford from Boise State. Lane Vanderish, who is the next Sean Lee for this team. He is from Boise State. And then you have some of the the Boise State wide receivers. You have Cedric Wilson. You have a a good set of guys that come from Boise State. That pipeline is always going to be there. And you know that Jerry, Jason love these type of guys, those Broncos from Boise State. So how is this any different? Now, instead of Jason who is like, I love Boise State, guys, let's draft them, let's bring them in. Let's just bring in Boise State itself. The best times to be a Boise State Bronco were with Peterson and Kellen Moore. Now, you have that connection between not only Kellen Moore, you have that connection with Lane Vanderish with Tyrone Crawford, with Demarcus Lawrence. And they already have that relationship going, so why not piece it together as just a whole home type of mentality of, Yes, this worked in Boise State, so why shouldn't it work in Dallas, in Dallas itself? Chris Peterson did amazing things with Washington as well, and the reason for him stepping down is really unknown. He did say that he just wants to take a break from it all. This season really took a toll on him, and Boise State didn't have a bad year. So, what does that say about Chris Peterson? not retiring, just taking a step down from the head coaching job. A little speculation runs through your head of like Kellen Moore, he's doing good things in Dallas, but he could be doing better if Jason Garrett was away from that job. And now the guy he loves the most in Chris Peterson, when he had all the success success in college, number five makes sense, people. Number five makes sense. Number four, Chris Richard. Now, if you're you're thinking about Kellen Moore being within that system and just moving up. Why not think of Chris Richard as the better version of that? This guy has gone from a secondary guy in, in in Seattle to going to the defensive coordinator job in Seattle. And then moving on, basically going down to being demoted as just a secondary guy, now being the play caller on defense. He is taking over Rod Marinelli's job. And I criticize this defense. Why? They're not creating turnovers. They are not doing the thing that every defense does to be successful: is creating turnovers, creating interceptions, creating fumbles. The Cowboys are the worst in the NFL at creating turnovers. They have what a—I mean—a 0.3 chance or a 0.3 efficiency of creating a a turnover due to an interception. They have the least amount of interceptions done. They have one of the least amount of fumbles created. Uh, as far as turnovers go, they have the talent. The talent's going to be there. When we look at that front seven, DeMarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, Michael Bennett, Malik Collins, Antoine Woods, rest in peace, because he's now arrested, uh, Lane Banders, Jalen Smith, Sean Lee. You can say these are all guys that are pro bowlers. And that, we're not even talking about the secondary guys. We're not talking about the second team guys that still bring a lot to the table. Dorrance Armstrong, also from Boise State. Mm, just keep mentioning that. He's also a great guy as far as depth goes. So the fact that this defense is not performing is really unacceptable. And I really think that we're still running the type of offense that Rod Marinelli or the type of defense that Ron Marinelli established. So Chris Richard is just playing with the playbook that Rod gave to him. So he's not playing his type of, of defense. Now, get rid of Rod Marinelli, which I think they should. And now you run either Chris Richard at head coach with still running the defense, or he brings in a guy that he likes a lot to play as a defensive coordinator. What Chris Richard brings to the table for me is the same way that Robert Salish should be the head coaching job uh, in the conversation. Is the fact that he brings that emotion. What have I praised from Chris Richard ever since he entered as the defensive coordinator slash secondary guy for the Dallas Cowboys? When you see him on the sideline, you see the emotion, you see the the drive, the the real focus, and, and just the, the want to win, which is what I've not seen out of Jason Garrett ever since he's been the head coach. When he gets mad at his players, it's not from just basic frustration and just being like, you suck, be better. It's constructive criticism, but it's a way that is very unusual for the Dallas Cowboys to deal with. But it's not like they don't like it. It's, it's refreshing to see when Chris Richard is getting mad at his at his players. Yet you don't see them roll their eyes. They're, they're like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, coach. I'll do better. Like, you see them wanting to be a better team because of him. Now that you have Chris Richard as the main guy, the execution portion of it before the game even starts, it may not be the best way to do it as far as your personality and your emotion, yet it's exactly what the Cowboys are lacking this season is preparation before the game even starts. They go out there, they look flat. They look like they don't want to play. So you bring in a guy like Chris Richard, who's already in that system that the players already love, and you put them at the very top and you say, now this is your team. This is your team to coach. If you want to go all out if you want to yell at them if you want to scream at them if you want to get them motivated you want to get them pumped that is exactly what this Cowboys team needs they need an adrenaline rush they need cocaine they need cocaine Chris Richard at head coach to beef them up and say guys wake the fuck up even when things aren't going right during the game you need a guy like Chris Richard to be like guys now don't worry about what's going wrong right now wake the fuck up and execute like we did in practice. That is exactly what Robert Saleh can do. That's exactly what Chris Richard can do. And Chris Richard has already been there. So Jerry Jones loves him. The defense loves him. This can work. If you want to bring in a guy within that system, it is number one, Chris Richard at that candidate spot. On number four, on my list for top candidates in general. At number three, Josh McDaniels now the only reason he is higher than Chris Richard is the fact that he's under the Bill Belichick umbrella when you think of Jerry Jones and what he's tried to do with this team they have tried to do the exact same thing a copycat version it's more like the Walmart version of what the New England Patriots are doing over in Boston it is do your job execute next man up yet it's the Walmart version so it doesn't work as well Jason Garrett just doesn't know what to do as a head coach. So what you do is we can't get Bill Belichick. What is the next best option? Well, I would say that Matt Patricia is the next best option. So we can't get him either because he's, I think he's doing great things in Detroit. So who is the next man up after that? It is Josh McDaniels who almost took the job in Indy and turns out he didn't. Psych, bitch. He's going back to New England and every year, every single year he is could he leave New England to go for a head coaching job? And he left the first time. Didn't work out. He went back to New England. It was almost it was almost going to happen the second time. And he's like, psych, bitch. Here we are again. Josh McDaniel should be a head coach in the NFL just because of the fact that he's under the umbrella of Bill Belichick. And the two reasons why that he should be considered as the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is the success that Matt Patricia has had with the Detroit Lions. Now their record doesn't show it. But by all means, man, you should look at what the Detroit Lions are. I mean, they're losing games by one possession. And it's his second year doing it. I think they're doing better than they were last year. It's going to take some time. And they're doing this with Matthew Stafford banged up toward the tail end of his career. So imagine if he had a better quarterback. I think the pieces are there for the Detroit Lions to be better. They are in a tough division. So Matt Patricia is doing what he can in Detroit. I think he's a great head coach so far. The record doesn't show it. Same thing with the Arizona Cardinals. And and these two teams tied at the beginning of the year. As Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, for what they have, I think they've done an amazing job. They've won some games. They look good in those other games. They kept it close. So if Josh McDaniels decides to leave New England, And he goes to Dallas. He is automatically better than what Jason Garrett is. Absolutely. He's not a babysitter. He is a head coach. He is going to try to run the same system he did in New England. And he's an offensive-minded coach. He's going to love the offense with Dak and Zeke. It's a better version, really, of what Tom Brady and Sonny Michelle are right now with better receivers, a better offensive line. So it should work, right? And then you let Kellen Moore bounce off of you you keep Chris Rashard as a defensive coordinator, maybe bring in another guy from your system as an uh, like a coordinator that you love and you want to keep under that system, or if you just want to revamp the whole coaching staff, I am okay with that. And the reason why is the next three candidates alongside Josh McDaniels are open to basically a brand new system for the Dallas Cowboys. And Josh McDaniels is one of those guys that I want to say, if you want to just revamp the whole the whole thing, go right ahead, but you can work with what you have right now. The only worry I have of Josh McDaniels is the whole history of guys leaving Bill Belichick and not succeeding elsewhere. I mean, we've seen it time and time before. It didn't work for Josh McDaniels the first time. Heck, I'm ready for second chances. It's worth a shot because anything is better than Jason Garrett at this point. So at number three, I think McDaniels, even though I'm a little worried about that one, I'd say... Is a good option and number two you know I love this guy this is my screensaver for my phone Lincoln Riley and yes what he's doing at Oklahoma is amazing what I just love about Lincoln Riley is that he makes any guy at that quarterback's position a Heisman Trophy winner he's done it with Baker he's done it with Kyler Murray he's doing it with Jalen Hurts who to me is playing the best football that he'll ever play I don't think he's going to play this good when he reaches the NFL, if he does make the NFL. If I'm a head coach, if I'm a GM and I'm looking at that draft class for the quarterbacks, I'm not taking Jalen Hurts. I just don't, I don't think he's NFL ready. What Linky Riley does is he makes those guys better. He polishes them. He makes them look shiny. He makes a, a Ford Fiesta look like a Ferrari. That's what he does. And what he does with that offense is he makes anybody look good. I mean, he's had talent. So if he goes to Dallas, he's going to have talent to work with. He's going to work with Amari Cooper, Zeke, Dak Prescott. He's going to work with a great offensive line. He's going to have an even better defense now. If he keeps Chris Richard, then great. If he wants to bring in some Oklahoma guys, and that's fine, or guys that he trusts, that is fine with me. He is fresh. He is new. He's the new kid on the block. He is young. I see a lot of Sean McVay in Lincoln Riley. I think he transfers that Oklahoma success very well into the NFL. If he can make Baker look good, and Baker has struggled this year with Freddie Kitchens, then damn well pleased is he going to be with Dak Prescott at the quarterback position. But like I said, much like Chris Richard, is he's going to have better emotion. He's going to have better body language. He's not just going to be a guy that's just on the field, like clapping his way through it. He's going to execute before they even reach the field. And with the young mentality and the fresh mentality that he brings to the table, all the Cowboys players are going to think, this is a new era for us. Think of what happened in the 90s. is Jimmy Johnson coming in or even buried Switzer. That He won one title with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, they'll take one title right now. We want to win more, but hey, we'll take one. But when Jimmy Johnson moved from Miami to Dallas or when Barry Switzer moved from Oklahoma to Dallas, they won Super Bowls because it was a new type of environment. It was a new type of aura that is in the Dallas Cowboys locker room. And Lincoln Riley is that guy. There's a lot of speculation with him. There's a lot of hype behind him. And I believe in the hype. I really do. If you're going young, if you're going a Sean McVay type of way, Lincoln Riley is the perfect guy. Now, one more candidate is left on the table. And this is why I think at number one, Urban Meyer is the best candidate for the job. Urban Meyer makes anybody look good, much like Lincoln Riley, but he is more experienced, more experienced. He is more perfect for that role to take on the criticism, to take on the hype around that coaching job. Because his last job at Ohio State, one of the, pre- the most prestigious college programs in, in football, and just in general in football, the most, one of the most prestigious programs and organizations, he went in there. And said, even in our first year where we're suspended from college play or from playoffs, the next year to go out and say, we're going to go undefeated and we're going to win this damn thing in Cowboys Stadium. And then from that point on, the only thing that was keeping him back was his health issues and the migraines, the benign tumor in his head. That was the only thing keeping him away from being the, the winningest coach in college football is the fact that he had to step down because of that. This man made JT Barrett, Braxton Miller, Cardale Jones look amazing at quarterback. They went from JT Barrett being the starter all year long to getting hurt in the in the playoff. And Car- Cardale Jones in his only second start as a college quarterback in the national championship and m- made him look like the Heisman winner. He made him look phenomenal. Why don't you think that would work and transfer to Dak Prescott? He's going to make Dak Prescott look amazing. And guess what? The year he won the championship with Ohio State, who was his running back? Zeke. He had Ezekiel Elliott, who was the best running back in all of college football and played his best games ever in those two playoff games with Urban Meyer. And even then, If he wants to bring in new guys, heck, the the way that he recruited Ryan Day and most of those guys that are at Ohio State right now, that's because of Urban Meyer. So if Urban Meyer wants to say, look, I'll take the job, but I want to bring in my guys. I want to say, fuck Rod Marinelli. Heck, if you want to say Chris Richard and and Kellen Moore, I don't want you guys. I'm going to bring in my own guys. I am perfect with that. Because even before Ohio State, where was he? He was at Florida. He made Tim Tebow look good. He made that team a championship team. So what makes you think that with the talent that the Cowboys have, an experienced guy, a respected guy in any type of football, he'll come in and say, guys, I know what's happened in the last 25 years. It's not what you wanted. And even in the last four or five years, six or seven, if you've been here long enough, I know it's not gone your way. Because, heck, we'll we'll talk about the elephant in the room The coaching has been one of the key issues. I'm here now. I'm daddy now. And damn it, daddy, I want a Super Bowl. And daddy, Urban Meyer, I trust you. Urban Meyer is the perfect guy for the job. And he even said it. That is every coach's dream is to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Who wouldn't want to take that job? Why wouldn't he want to take that job? The only thing keeping it back is the health issues. If he's willing to take that risk, if he's willing to take on that pressure and say, look, I'm going to have my health issues, but I'm going to put this team in a position to win. If he can do that and lead by example, Dak Prescott will become an even better quarterback. Ezekiel Elliott will no longer have his off-field issues and will go back to that Ohio State running back that made him one of the top picks in the draft. He's going to have the relationship with Urban Meyer. And even with not a lot of the other guys being from Ohio State, they're going to respect the hell out of Urban Meyer. And they're going to play for him no matter what. Because if he's dealing with his health issues, but he's still every day in his office, on the field, in practice, if he's willing to do that, what makes you think those guys will not go in there every single day, every single game and say, this guy is willing to die for us, so I'm willing to die for him. Perfect scenario. And if I'm Jerry... If I'm getting either Urban Meyer or Lincoln Riley, I'm saying I'm backing off. Look, what I've done these last 25 years, it hasn't worked. What made me successful as an owner and won his championships is when I stepped back and I said, Jimmy, I'll let you coach. Barry, I'm going to let you coach. And ever since that point, he's like, okay, now I can control a lot of things. And it hasn't worked. Now that you've learned in 25 years, it took you damn long enough to say it hasn't been working. So I got to bring in a coach that's fresh, that's new, and will coach this team without my help. Those five guys, and even maybe a couple more, this is a perfect time for Jason to get the hell out of there, for Jerry to finally realize what's going wrong. And if you can get Urban Meyer, if you can get Lincoln Riley, if you can get Chris Peterson because he just fits the mold a lot better than some of these other guys, it's time people it's time. So that's your top five and other names as well for top candidates of the head coaching job for the Dallas Cowboys. Quick preview of tonight's game, because it's going to be horrible. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be an ugly game. I think the Cowboys win it ugly. I hope they lose by 30. That way you can get the fuck out of of Dodge with Jason Garrett. I'm not excited for it. I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to chill out, be on my phone. And if anything happens, cool. But we'll come back tomorrow, talk about it, review it. Because I'll actually watch this game. I'm done for the season, guys. I really am. We'll continue to do these podcasts, obviously. Because, you know, I love them. I love you guys for listening. Yet, I'm just checked out. I really am. So whatever happens tonight, if they win, cool. If they lose, eh. But yeah, I'm more excited of, of talking about the candidates for this job. Rather than I am for the rest of the season. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Bubble Letts Podcast. Uh, Bubble Sports Podcast, I should say. Uh, episode 89. Going closer, we're reaching the 90s. Hell, I mean, we're going to be doing a celebration for episode 100. So um, look out for an episode with Eddie Gonzalez. We're going to record one tomorrow. So watch out for that. But thank you for listening. and We'll see you next time on the Bubble Sports Podcast.